Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch. All alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Ah, yeah! The handoff go left through a couple of guys. Warren would add a TD later. Sabercats up 14 to nothing. Hackle in the sky. Warren from four yards out. Sabercats up 45 26. Everybody. Steve Warren rumbles in. <laughs> it's the ticket. It's the captain 93.7. I'm with the big little homie, Steve, the man Warren. Steve, let me find out you was getting into the end zone. <laughs> I was about to say, man, I need to find y'all research for your research pieces. You bring it out all kind of stuff. I'm like. the Steve. I'm the research guy. <laughs> I see. They don't. They, I, I, I don't well, have. That's crazy. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> Nick doesn't research for me. He he helps me, but I'm the research. I do all the digging. I said, look at Steve. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my favorite cat days, man. That was they had me they had me toting the rock, dude. Did you, could you imagine if we would have thought about that? Put our heavy set in. Put Big Warren in there. Yeah, they Look had me throwing the rock, man. That was that was that, the funny thing. After this is the funny thing. After that game, DJ, I called. I think I carried the ball like sixteen times, like twelve to sixteen yeah. times, something yeah. in that game. It was a lot. So I got I got got an end zone three times, and <laughs> I called the mom the next day because I could barely walk. And I was like, "Ag," hey, I was like, "I got a I got a newfound respect for you for what your body goes through at that position, like taking those hits." After like two or three people just pounding on you, he was like, "Oh yeah, it's real." He's yeah. like, "It's real." People don't understand the recovery from that, but man, you got to be. I could barely walk the next day. I know when I saw that man, I was shocked, and I said, "You actually look good doing it. You look good in your uniform." And 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 but but you're right. You got sometimes it's smarter to be the hammer, not the nail. All eleven nah, guys are trying man. to kill you. I'd, I'd, I'd much rather have been the hammer. I right. tell you that. Who was the guy at Nebraska, the offensive lineman at Nebraska that you hated going against? Oh man, probably Aaron Taylor the most when I first got there. Um, man, he was just so good and so crafty, and I just couldn't figure him out. I just couldn't figure him out. But later, you know, me and Dominic Riola had some great battles in practice, mm. and that's just one of those things. Like especially my senior year, that's where you just feel like iron sharpens iron for sure. Um, that, that Dominic was Dominic was a uh, of course he went on play for how many years in the NFL but Dominic was Dominic was the dude. So so when you when we t- let's talk NIL for a minute is the NIL yeah. program and what that comes with is that good or bad for football? I mean I think it's good ultimately. Um, I think they're going to have to figure out you know how to maybe regulate it a little bit more. But I think as we get a few more years into it and we really see what type of money and what type of things are happening behind it. Um, I think 
think it's I think it's a good thing. But you know, we've been around VJ when when players weren't getting. I mean, even the scholarship money going up, and you know, because a lot of people didn't know that as high level athletes, we weren't allowed to work or to take jobs, right? So that scholarship dollar didn't go a long way unless you had like a Pell Grant or something that was helping you. So it was a lot of guys that were struggling. Um, a lot of guys that were struggling and playing ball. And um, so I think now it's good because now guys are able to make some side cash and some side money um, in, in, in legal ways and not having to go out and maybe do something that's not, you know, that, that's going to get them in trouble or, or possibly get them in trouble. So now they can find better ways um, to, to make make a dollar or two to help them out and maybe help their families out. Um, so I think ultimately it's good for those kids. Um, and I think it's good for college football, but I think it's going to change the landscape of college football. I, can, I don't know if you can really say it's an amateur sport anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, is it? It's not. I mean, <laughs> you no, know, it ain't. before we was – we went to school to go to school, you know, and, yeah. and, and then we understood the struggle, you know what I mean, of going to school. But I think the power of Nebraska football is what was the glue that kept us together because it was some broke people in that, that era. It was some broke. Oh, cash man. Was broke. Straight up. Broke. You know, that like 300. Really, really struggling. Like, you know, we've got groups of people that pulling together money to get gas and to get from here and to buy meals on the weekend. Summer times are some of the worst times, Ooh. but you had to be there. But you had to be there. But it was it was a struggle. Who? How, what's your strategy for tackling Dan Alexander? <laughs> Man, hit him, grab him, and hope for help. <laughs> and hope for help. Just hold on and, and wait for the cavalry. What'd you say? I said, hold on and wait for the cavalry. Hold on, hold on and wait for help. <laughs> That's the only way. So, how good was that backfield when you think about uh, Dan Alexander and Carell Buckalter? You had Eric Crouch. Uh, I think you guys had Willie Miller still at the time, Judd Davis. Yeah. Um, how good was that backfield back then? Man, we had D'Angelo four times. And D'Angelo Evans. Wow. And D'Angelo four times. That backfield was that was serious business back then. Um, so, you man, great backs. Great backs. Um Carell was Carell was probably the all-around most talented out of the group. He was probably the most raw. Like D'Angelo was very good, but you can kind of just see Carell had something a little different than all of them, because um, he had he had some size. Like he wasn't as big as Dan, but he had size, mm-hmm. um, and he was shifty like D'Angelo still, right? Mm-hmm. So he was probably out of all three of those backs, you know, you know, and of course it, it played out right. He was the one that played in the NFL for the longest. Which, which is you, you, hats off to to Carell. I had him on. I had Dan on, and I mean they talked a little about. I always ask this question, Steve. Like, you know, you was there for Coach Osborne, and you was there mm-hmm. for Coach Solich. W- what were some of the differences? What were the similarities? And just what's your thoughts on that whole tobacco? I think for defensive guys, there wasn't really a. It, it, it was a change because you weren't playing for the legend anymore, right? When it shifted from Osborne to Solis. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like, the legend wasn't at the helm, so that was the change, right? But for defensive guys, it stayed the same because we had Coach McBride, and he was really our guy, right? He was the guy we spent all the time with. He was the guy that talked to us the most. Um, offensively, you know, Osborne and Solis, they were offensive guys. So 
they were in different rooms. We never saw them in our meetings. They might walk in every once in a while, but they really kind of stayed at a McBride's way. Um, so for me, it didn't really change much besides, you know, Coach Osborne just not being around. But um, still two great coaches, two great leaders. Um, but McBride was, McBride, McBride was my guy. And he was my D-line coach and my defense coordinator, so it wasn't much of a change for me. Nice. So I, I had McBride on. And one of the things, yeah. you know, besides him saying run it again and that being ever ingrained into my brain, um, you guys used to have those pregame McBride speeches oh, yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah. What What was some of those speeches like, the PG version? Just, you know, it was just the D-line, right? So it was just those guys that grinded in the weight room together, that grinded in the in the pit, um, that just really got it in, just really got it out the mud together. And he would just come in and he would just do his McBride thing. And if you don't know, you don't know. You know what I mean? Like you just know what I'm talking about when I say his McBride thing. And he would come in and do his thing. And by the time we walked out of that room, I think that you guys could see a shift in all of us, right? Oh yeah. Going into the going into that going into that shower and walking out of that shower getting ready for the game. There wasn't nothing we didn't feel like we could do. And the one thing I always remember him saying and always that kind of ingrained in me was, you know, there's nobody, there's not one person that can block any of us. And he really instilled that in us, right? Like, you can't be stopped. Like, we can't be stopped. If we do what we do, we can't be stopped. You guys are too good. And he just really, as much as people, you know, thought Coach McBride was like, go crazy on people. He really built you up better than any coach I've ever been around. Mm. He just want he 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 had a in that way of getting the most out of his players. Yeah, you know, um, practices. Were there any fall off in practices from ninety uh, seven to ninety nine? Were there any what? Any fall off? Meaning, did did the practice get softer, or were they still everything was still no. set the same? The one thing Solis did a great job of is he did not flip the script. Mm. He kept the script the same. I mean, he didn't change the script. Practices were the same. The intensity was the same. Um, the structure of it was the same. It was really no different. Um, he did a great job of, of, you know, a lot of times guys take over a program and they want to change everything and put their own wrinkle on it. But I think that he had been around the program long enough that, he understood that what was happening was working. And, he, you know, there was always a little wrinkle here or there, but it wasn't anything that was going to be too noticeable, noticeable to us. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't, wasn't anything at all. I want to say one thing about McBride, too, and I, I took this from him as far as coaching goes, because you had mentioned he was very good at, at getting the best out of people. And one thing that, from a coaching perspective, that I took from Coach McBride was you can't coach every kid the same. And mm -hmm. I think more coaches, if any coaches are listening to this, this is the greatest lesson he ever taught me when I got done playing and I went to travel around with him and Milt. We traveled the country and did camps together. And the one thing I, I took from both of those guys is that every kid is different. You can't coach every kid the same. And you have to find what motivates that kid or what drives that kid. Some kids need to be kicked in the butt. Some kids just need to be talked to. Um, and they were really good at that sports psychology of what kids needed to be better. When you watch the black shirts of today play, um, what's some of the things that they can do to be a closer-knit group and to 
you know, they're going to have to take their game to another level than they did last year. Yeah. Now, what are some of the things that, that, that you're looking for in that black shirt group next year? You know, I've been I've been really impressed with them the last couple of years because they haven't had an offense that's helped them. Um, and I felt like they've been put in a lot of bad situations with the special teams sometimes. But the one thing they can do that we did is when you're put in those bad situations, you can just flip the script and flip the field by getting more pressure, getting more stops, taking the ball away more. I think that's the one. I think that's the next evolution to them. Mm-hmm. Is right now they're solid, but they're not a team that's like scary because they're not going to flip the field on you. They're not going to push you back and drive you back, and they're not going to take the ball away, and they're not going to block kicks and block punts. And a lot of that stuff happened with defensive players, right? Those special teams, block punts and stuff. Those are defensive guys. Those block field goals. That's defense. Mm-hmm. So they've got to they've got to make those things happen now. It's not just enough to get a third down stop. You got to get a takeaway, you got to get two takeaways, you got to score on defense, you got to block kicks, you got to change the game. Yeah, that's the thing about black shirts, you know, back then. And and I'm not just saying back then, but the way black shirts played the game was you guys were going you guys were most of the times good for at least 7 points a game. That is truly yeah. amazing when you got when you have a defense that can give a, give you 7 points. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And it's we a game have to changer. score. It's a ranking changer mm. <laughs> if you're doing the right thing. Jury asked the NIL question. How will can the NCAA prevent tampering in other schools coming in with a bigger NIL deal under the table and then losing a player via the portal due to that offer? He thinks the NIL is going to be tough to regulate. Thoughts? I mean, I agree. It is going to be tough to regulate. The only way you can really do anything about that is you have to have solid, proven facts. And I think a lot of that is going to be hard to prove because now players can reach out to other schools about transferring and and they can have people in their family or people they're associated or their high school coaches reach out to other schools and talk about transferring. So how can you prove that? was really an underground or under under the table deal if you've got other people saying, Hey, this kid's ready to leave and they're saying, Okay, well, you know, here's the here's the things you need to look at and here's a couple other people to talk to and a lot of times these kids already have following. So, you know, how do you prove that the kid didn't uh, you know, originate some of those offers on his own? But uh, that's gonna be the hard part is going to how do you prove it? Are you yeah, but I think we have to again with this situation happening now with the nil deals going on i think you have to sell more of the sizzle of the traditions again and bringing that back and because i mean in this day and age the transfer portal when i know i can leave here and go somewhere else i'm not i'm not selling that i'm not selling i'm not selling that that is uh what we want you to do when you come to nebraska listen i'm going to look at it in the face I'm going to say, you know, there's other schools. They're going to be offering all – I want a guy that's committed to us. Yeah. You know, if you're committed to us, we're committed to you, and we're going to get this thing headed in the right direction. Big fella. I, 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 hey, man, you know I'll keep you on here. Until, well, well, I'm sorry. Phone keeps breaking up, EJM. Can you hear me now? All right, we might have lost Steve. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. What would you say okay. now? Okay, well, we got to get ready to take a break. Pay some bills real quick. Yeah, if you can stick, stick. If not, we will talk to you 
at some other point because the stuff that you have in your brain, a quarter of it is a is a mountaintop of information. And so, you know, again, I, I, I appreciate you, Steve, taking the time out of your busy schedule. If you can stick around, stick around. I got to take a break. The captain, the ticket. 93.7 right, with Steve Warren.